So Colts finished up second day of mandatory minicamp, and, and really the story was more about what was said, not was, what was done, and that meant Kenny Moore talking to the media. Cornerback, he wants to be paid like a cornerback, not a slot cornerback. Okay, this is Inside Indiana Sports Now with Kent Sterling for Wednesday, June 8th, 2022. We're brought to you by the great people at Johnson's Plumbing. Give Johnson's Plumbing a call. You got a plumbing problem, they got a plumbing solution. They are really good at their jobs. I wouldn't recommend it if they weren't. Call 765-610-8809. That's the number. Punch that subscribe button, hit the like button, smash the bell. Let's go. Let's talk about sports and Kenny Moore. Kenny Moore, when he spoke to the media, he said he wants to be paid like a cornerback, not a slot cornerback. That's kind of an important distinction. When Kenny Moore signed his extension in 2019, he did that as the highest paid slot cornerback in the NFL. Four-year extension for $33 million, $9 million guaranteed. That is tip money for a lot of starting cornerbacks in the NFL. If you're going to play, if you're going to get paid like a cornerback, you've got to be a cornerback, not a slot cornerback. And Kenny Moore, to this point in his career, has been a really good slot cornerback, but a slot cornerback. He didn't commit to attending training camp, but I can't believe he's not going to do that. The fine for missing a training camp day is $50,000, and there's no waiving that. That is mandated by the NFL and the NFLPA's CBA. 50 grand a day tends to pile up pretty quickly, but is he pot committed? The thing is, with making this play, the play that Kenny Moore has made in trying to draw attention to his contract situation is, are you willing to go the whole nine, right? If you're at, if you're at a casino and you start taking on water, right, do you double down? Or do you put your chips in your pocket and say, you know what, we'll do it another day, or in Kenny Moore's situation, do it in another year. You've got guys on this team. Quentin Nelson's going to get paid. Jonathan Taylor is going to get paid, and his contract is on the same schedule as Kenny Moore's. Michael Pittman Jr. is going to get paid. His contract is on the same schedule as Kenny Moore's. That's a problem for Kenny Moore. you got to prioritize your needs, and Kenny Moore is a slot cornerback does not rise to the level of a Jonathan Taylor, a Michael Pittman, a Matt Ryan, a Yannick Ngakwe, a Quentin Nelson. The list goes on. Uh, one thing that's really, really interesting, and I want to get to positive stuff too, is that Julian Blackman looks really good. He is about seven and a half months, a little over seven and a half months removed from tearing his Achilles. And he looks really good out on the field. He's big, kind of exploding to the ball and making plays. And it makes me wonder, because we talked to Julian Blackman the other day, and we heard him talk about what he felt as that Achilles popped. He hit the ground, and he said, thank you, Lord, for giving him another chance to learn from adversity. That's a hell of an attitude. Maybe attitude's got something to do with the way you recover and, and the way you rehab. And the way you get back on the field earlier, maybe it's just genetics and physical traits. I don't know. But I thought it was really interesting and worth kind of delving into as to whether that is, is kind of a thing. Because he is unique, I think, in his ability to prioritize and immediately compartmentalize 
and and put a positive spin uh put a positive spin on what is kind of you know a career record for a lot of guys so julian blackman looked good i thought the defense had a really good day and that's not easy in seven on seven work i thought the secondary looked good ron milas is a secondary coach do not sell short i told you yesterday do not sell short the amount of good that Ron Miles can do for this secondary group. He is a really good secondary coach. He is a really good teacher. Some guys who coach, you got tactical guys who can scheme. Some guys, you got guys who can teach. I think Ron Miles can do both. And, and that's going to be an important upgrade for this team moving forward in the 2022 season. Uh, Matt Ryan, really, really accurate again. That's what he does. He hits guys in the hands. Some of the receivers had a good day. Some of the receivers, not so good. Kylan Granson with a, uh, a touchdown drop. And touchdowns, they don't mean anything in seven on seven. But he was alone in the back of the end zone. Ball hit him in the hands, popped loose, and hit the ground. That's not necessarily good. I thought Michael Pittman Jr. looked like Michael Pittman Jr. I thought he looked really good. I thought Alec Pierce looked better today than he did yesterday. I thought Ashton Doolin had a good day. Uh, you know, the ball stuck to his hands. That's a good thing. We saw him take some balls off the jugs machine after practice. He looks fine. I don't know whether he's a guy you can count on to be a starting receiver at any point in his career. I think that the pickings get really slim at receiver once you get past Pittman and Campbell and Pierce. Once you get through those three guys, then you got to start relying upon, and you're going to anyway. You're going to start relying on a guy like Mo Ali Cox, Jelani Woods, uh, Andrew Ogletree, Naheem Hines, Jonathan Taylor as weapons. You, you, the four, how many teams have a fourth wide receiver where you say, "By God, that's the guy we want to," you know, we're we're absolutely going to hang our hopes on that guy. That doesn't happen in the NFL. And, and it's a good thing that it doesn't because I think that receiver depth for the Colts is a bit of an issue. We haven't seen Mike Strawn do anything yet in this mini camp, and, and that's a thing. Got to see in order to be, right? Or at least for us to kind of see him in that role. Uh, I talked to you yesterday about Ethan Fernia. Ethan Fernia is a guy who is a walk-on at UCLA for three years. A uh, little bit undersized, um, uh, a guy who did everything that he could at UCLA to get on the field, worked his ass off to play special teams, became a uh, kind of a, a, a wide receiver, running back sort of hybrid. He caught the ball a little bit. He ran the ball a little bit through his career. I think he had eight catches, 12 runs, something like that, nine tackles on special teams. But he keeps coming out here. And he keeps doing things where you're like, look at, look at number seven out there. Number seven looks kind of interesting to me. Number seven looks interesting. So I asked a couple of people around here if he's got a chance to make it. And they, you know what? If you keep showing the ability to make positive plays, people covet that. And so far, although there's no contact and it's seven on seven, and so what are you really doing out here? How, how are you evaluating in any kind of real space? Ethan Fernia has looked kind of good. So he's my dark horse. I had a guy in a comment ask me, who's your absolute dark horse for making this roster? And so I, I tried to pay attention to it. And Ethan Fernia 
is kind of that guy. He keeps coming down with the football. He's a little bit undersized, like I said, so he gets beneath the defense a little bit. And if you throw the ball low, he comes out of the crowd with it, kind of like the opposite of Michael Pittman. You throw it up to Pittman, Pittman goes and gets it. You throw it low to Fernia, Fernia goes and gets it. Uh, we'll see through camp whether he makes it to camp, whether he makes it through camp. It's all going to be uh, kind of interesting. Reminds me of Mitchell Page out of Guerin High School here in Indianapolis. Uh, was an undrafted free agent for the Chargers, went to camp, tried his best to make the team in any way he could. And, and he was a guy, Mitchell was, who down at IU said, I'll hold on extra points. I'll hold field goals. I don't care. I'll do anything to get on the field. And that's kind of the way I feel about Ethan Fernia, or he certainly would not be here, right? Um, let's talk about Gus Bradley a little bit and, and give you a little bit of a primer as to Gus Bradley's defensive system, all right? He's known for being the Legion of Boom guy, and he's known for uh, two deep with the, the Buccaneers. He's known for three deep with a variety of teams post that, including the Seahawks, last year with the Raiders. Really fortunate that the Colts were able to, uh, as Matt Eberflus was hired, the Raiders didn't retain their defensive staff. And so the Colts were able to hire kind of a ready-made defensive staff that was really pretty damn good and probably better than what the Colts had last year. No offense to Matt Eberflus. However, Gus Bradley does things in an interesting way. And then you've got Richard Smith with the linebackers and you've got Ron Miles with the secondary. You go out and hire a couple of guys like Cato June to be an assistant linebackers coach, Mike Mitchell to be an assistant secondary coach, which I love. I love Mike Mitchell. Uh, I think he's gonna pay great dividends. And I think Ron Miles will too, as, as we've mentioned before. But I, I think watching this defense, that's going to be, we tend to watch the ball, which means you're watching the offense, right, at training camp. But I hope that people who go out to Grand Park also watch that defense and how it improves day after day after day after day until we get to the regular season opener down in Houston. And all of a sudden, this defense is a little bit sexy and a little bit fun to watch. That's going to be interesting and to see whether Darius Leonard is going to be on the field after his back surgery yesterday. Evidently, the back problem was a nerve issue that's also causing kind of the ankle pain. So you got nerve problems. All nerves emanate from the back, right, from the spine. So if you've got a nerve problem in the ankle, maybe it's a problem with the back. Hopefully, this wipes it out and he's able to play pain-free and enjoy himself playing a game of football and earn his scratch, right? Um, Another uh, oft-used uh, term in the Gus Bradley defense is LEO, and that's Yannick Noah, or Ngakwe, Yannick Noah, Yannick Ngakwe. And he's the LEO, and what the LEO does is move about as far as he can off the, uh, the left tackle and get a good run toward the quarterback, spin, whatever. He's undersized. He's not going to be able to defend well against the run. People like to run at a Leo. If the Leo, when teams throw, if the Leo can get to the quarterback, obviously that's a really good thing. So eight to 12 times throughout the course of his career playing for four other teams, you know what? Ngakwe has raised a lot of hell. And being able to get Yannick Ngakwe away from the Raiders as 
the Colts also get Gus Bradley from the Raiders, that's a big deal. And that is a, uh, a, a very nice circumstance for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, what else happened today? Um, oh, one thing, also Gus Bradley, single high, generally. He'll go too high every once in a while. And the thing to know about Gus Bradley is that it's not like dealing with Matt Eberflus, where Matt Eberflus, you know, rightly or wrongly, believed that he had figured out the magic formula for defensive football was, by God, going to do what Matt Eberflus was going to do with that defense schematically regardless. This is a guy in Gus Bradley who is going to listen. And he's got a great guy to listen to in John Fox. So you've got John Fox here with Gus Bradley, with Ron Miles, with Richard Smith, with Cato June, with Mike Mitchell. You've got a really, really robust staff that knows what they're doing. I think it's a – Matt Ryan is a great reason for optimism because Matt Ryan is still a really good quarterback with a terrific arm and a command of the offense and a command of his offensive players. That's a big reason for optimism. But that defensive staff, I think, is really, really important. And as you look at reasons why maybe the Colts get over the hump and win their first AFC South since, what, 2014, that defensive staff and the work it's going to do upgrading the level of play from a guy like Isaiah Rogers, right? That is going to be oh so critical. Bobby O'Karake going to have, I think, a really good year. I think Julian Blackman, Nick Cross, going to be guys who raise the level of their game and by doing that raise the level of play for the defense. I think it's going to be a fascinating year. Pacers want to mention they had a pre-graft workout today bunch of guys who might get taken in the second round, including Colin Gillespie from Villanova, Big East Player of the Year, two years running. Two years ago, he was the co-Big East Player of the Year. But a guy who won a national championship his uh, freshman year, played for Jay Wright until Jay Wright left the position, uh, you know, this past offseason. Now he wants a part of the NBA, and the Villanova guys have done pretty well in the NBA. I think he's got a chance because he can shoot the basketball. And when I talked to him today, and I'll post that video at some point coming up, he talked about how maybe he could be a T.J. McConnell for somebody. I think that'd be great. Give me T.J. McConnell who can shoot, and I'm loving it. And that might just be Colin Gillespie. We also talked to Travian Williams of, uh, of Purdue, who said something interesting. He talked about his game and all of that. But the thing that I really liked that he talked about is how his dad uses basketball as kind of an allegory for life lessons. Absolutely, 100% correct. Basketball is life. Sometimes you gotta be a star and you gotta take it on your own shoulders. Sometimes you gotta be a great teammate, you gotta facilitate for others. If you can do both, you are gonna live a very, very happy life. I think that the, the word that kind of ties basketball together for me is love. You got to love each other to play basketball at a high level. And Trevion Williams was talking about that today. I really like him. We're, we're going to see whether he gets drafted or not. But I think there's a place for him in the NBA to bring that attitude to basketball. And I dig it. Tomorrow morning, Breakfast with Kent. Can't wait to talk to you then, as always.